Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Well, Bears lose. It's been a minute since we talked about a devastating loss for the Bears since they have been rolling pretty well over the last month. And today's loss allows you to ask a couple of questions about the good run that they were on. But they lost to the Packers. 21-13 is the final. Now, before we get into some of the bigger picture issues with your Chicago Bears, can we talk about the last play for a second? Because it was completely entertaining. And it's not like we haven't seen plays like that work before. We saw it last year with the Dolphins beating the Patriots and Kenyon Drake understanding that he's got Gronk back there to, to play in defense and he can make something happen that way if he wanted to. But I'm just sitting there going, it's hard to be mad at Jesper Horstead because you still have to get into the end zone. You still have to have a two-point conversion after that. And, I mean, you know, it's unlikely, although it did did seem like if he just flips it to Allen Robinson on that play, then they're probably okay on the play. At least that's, that's what it felt like, and it didn't happen. So... The Bears end up losing. Their record falls to 7-7. Seven and seven, And it, nothing is official yet because as, as I'm recording this, there are games that are still going on. The last I checked, though, the Rams are doing the Bears a solid today. Getting their doors blown off in the game that they're playing. Let me check that. Let me update and see what's going on. Well, the, the Bears are going to be eliminated from the playoffs. Because as I'm recording this, the Vikings are up 39-10 to, to 10 on the uh, L.A. Chargers. I didn't say San Diego. Yes. So the dream dies. The the dream dies on a Sunday in December, and at least we got to this point. There's so much to talk about this game. What I kept thinking about on my drive over from NBC Sports Chicago, I'm recording in the score studios because I think I'm going to go out and have dinner in the city tonight, like downtown style. Instead of going home and doing the podcast and putting on some sweats, I look fancy. I'm going to stay looking fancy today. But on my drive over, and it's a short drive, I kept thinking about what could have been inside this season. And in this game in particular, I kept thinking I'm looking forward to watching it again. Now, I watch the games usually two times, sometimes three times if there's stuff that I really don't understand. I'll go back over this probably in the morning and 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 watch the game again cuz I'm looking through my notes. And I got I got my notebook right here. I can read some of them for you if you're interested. In my notes from this game, there's a lot of man, Mitch did really well on this particular play. Like this note I wrote down second quarter. Mitch converting third downs, one where he has to throw across his body middle of the field. There's a lot of that in my notes. Third and seven, Mitch makes this route to to Miller, then makes a great throw, but Miller was out of bounds. Put a star by that one. Mitch drives Bears down the field to get a field goal to make it 21-6. Mitch drives the Bears down the field. Conversions to to Allen Robinson, TD toss to Anthony Miller. Mitch runs out of bounds on third and four. That, That was bad, turning it into fourth and six. But there was a lot of notes in my notes about how well Mitchell Trubisky played 
And then you look at the numbers, and the numbers are horrifying because he threw the ball 53 times, and I knew that he threw it a lot. I didn't realize he threw it that much. The Bears ended up having a ton of plays offensively. It was 80 plays, 80 snaps that they had on offense in this game. 29 to 53, 348 yards. He was sacked three times. One of them was of his own doing. He threw two interceptions. One we're not going to count because it was at the end of the half and you're you're throwing up a Hail Mary. A passer rating of 65.6. But, I, but I'd be lying if I told you that there weren't moments in the game where I was getting excited about what I was seeing from Mitch. And then it kind of struck me. Even going all the way back to August, and you know if you listen to my radio show, we we did some stuff. We we did a whole is Mitch Good show. And I've I've come down on the side of he's okay. And and that's as far as I'm willing to go. But I think that in the excitement of this game, which is why I'm looking forward to seeing it again, in the excitement of this game, I've realized that I have lowered my expectations. That some of this stuff that is quarterbacking, maybe not 101, but definitely 202. I'm like, oh man, look at the growth from the third year quarterback in his in in week 14 or week 15. And and I, I don't think I should be doing that. I'm I'm not here to tell you that the Bears should get rid of Mitchell Trubisky. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that. Even in a game like this, you can be fooled a little bit as it's happening on what on what it is that you're paying attention to and what should be important and where people should be in their careers. It's something that when I I'll when I look at the game again, I'll get back to you. I'll have another podcast and and I'll tell you what my second review says about the performance of Mitchell Trubisky in this game. If you look at the touchdown throw and you're like, okay, well, it seemed as if they were in a position at least to tie. Like It still was a, a one-possession game, sure. But a lot of things have to happen, and are we really going to give them credit if the fluky play at the end of the game ends up being the thing that gives them a chance to tie the game? I don't know if that's smart business on our part as observers of what's going on, what's going on with the Bears. Where I come back to... Mitch in the Bears offense and the thing that gives me pause about Matt Nagy as a head coach, this is a gotta-have-it game against a team whose defense is not very good and you score 13 points. I'm not saying that the Packers' defense is trash. They're not trash. But you score 13 points. And at the end of this, what we what we need to be talking about is the fact that the head coach was brought in here to make the offense go. And then we all start like going down the list of things where we'll say, oh, well, yeah, but he's got Trubisky. And then we end up making excuses for Trubisky. And it ends up being like, no, everything's fine. They've got everything under control. And, and I don't think that they do. I think that Matt Nagy has a lot of hard questions that he has to answer, not to you or I, but to himself and to Ryan Pace, and Ryan Pace is still going to be in charge of this thing. And he has to be honest about where there were mistakes, where there can be upgrades. Because 
now, I mean, the best they can do is have a, you know, they can still win their last two games, end up being nine and seven on the season and be above 500. But if they end up going eight and eight or finishing this thing with three straight losses at, at seven and nine, I I don't I hope that it doesn't matter. I hope that a winning record or a 500 record doesn't allow for them to just sweep everything under the rug and kick kick the can down the road. Did I use too many metaphors there? That they can be honest in their in their self scouting, which I think is a problem for Nagy. I think that he thinks he's got a handle on stuff and he doesn't. They still struggle running the ball, and they shouldn't. They still go away from running the ball too often. I don't like that they didn't, in a game where you're going up against Kenny Clark in the middle of the line, who, if you look at Kenny Clark's history against the Bears, he's done well against all three of the guys that are in the middle of the Bears' defensive line. Coming into the game, he had a history of doing well against Cody Whitehair. And now... You can look at what he did to James Daniels and what he did to Rashad Coward, and you can see that they were on the struggle bus. So Mitch had actually said after the game, and I thought it was uh, defiance probably too strong of a word, but I thought it was really interesting that he goes, yeah, we could have helped those guys by moving the pocket more. And he's right. He's 100% right that they could do that. What what perplexes me to no end, and I talked with my guys about this over on the, the football after show on NBC Sports Chicago. Why is it that I see it, that you see it, that even Mitch sees it? We all pointed out to Matt Nagy, and he can't see it. That's a flaw. That's an absolute flaw. If you're a head coach and The tape should be telling you that your quarterback's better. And the tape should be telling you Kenny Kenny Clark is a load. That's a difficult guy to to deal with. His get-off on the snap is unbelievable. You need to help protect the guys that protect your quarterback. And a good way to do that would be to move the pocket. They were overmatched. That's what Mitch, in the nicest way possible, Mitch is telling you, that his offensive line against what they were doing on the interior was overmatched. So why not help him out? Help him out, help the offense out, and say, look, man, we've got to move the pocket. We've got to be able to get away. And it makes things easier. But at at the end of all of this, we are still stuck with there seems to be times when the coach just wants to do his own thing. And I get it. It's your show. You are the head coach. But it it shows a, a, a fundamental lack of awareness and adaptation that Matt Nagy continues to want to do it his way no matter what. Everything else be damned. We're going to do it this way. When everything is screaming out to you, perhaps you don't have to do it that way. You could do it other ways. And maybe have better results and maybe keep your season alive. It would have lived for one more week 
even with the Vikings win. Because if you tied them in wins, then you would win. And it would have given them a ch- it would have given the Bears a chance to be right there. Never, you know what? I'm not gonna do that. I just I will keep talking about some of the big pictures. So let me get off the the offense for a second. Can we talk about the defense? What's up with the missed tackles, man? The missed tackles in the secondary were a key reason why the Bears lost today. Every one of those guys was a culprit. Every one of them. Kyle Fuller. Prince of Mukamara. Haha Clinton Dix. Eddie Jackson. Buster Screen. They were all, except for Kevin Tolliver, who he I thought he played really well. Again, I'm looking forward to the second watch. But they miss a lot of tackles in this game. And even when they did, like the Aaron Jones touchdown run, oh, my God. We keep seeing Bears players back up to try and make tackles, and I don't think that makes any sense. I asked the guys that I work with who played, who played defense at a high level, I'm like, is he just trying to get depth to get a better angle? And they're like, they have no idea. They have no idea what the technique is that Bears players are using in some of these instances to try and make tackles. I don't think that bodes well for the technique that the Bears are using when they're trying to make some of these tackles. That was a bad showing. And for most of the game, Khalil Mack was silent. He had a pressure, and I think he had a tackle for loss in in the game. But for a big portion of the game, he didn't he didn't wreck the game as we are used to him doing. And you were thinking going into this thing that with Akeem Hicks back, that he have a better chance to do that. Hicks, by the way, he he ended up with four tackles on the game and ended up with two hits on the quarterback. That's pretty good for a guy who's really kind of playing with one arm and hasn't played football in two months. He came back and, and I thought did some special things for them. And you were hoping that the byproduct of Hicks being in the middle and Mac being on the edge would be Mac would be able to harass Aaron Rodgers a little bit more than he actually did. It's another one of those things. And, and think about this. The two guys is on, on the edge, the starting edge rushers for the Bears. Leonard Floyd, who always has great games against the Packers until today, and Khalil Mack combined for two tackles. Two. Two. Leonard Floyd coming into the game has played seven, had played seven games against the Packers and had seven and a half sacks. Those guys have to put pressure on Rodgers. Granted, Rodgers gets the ball out fast. He's pretty good. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He sometimes gets away with stuff. Sometimes he doesn't get away with the the intentional grounding because it was called. He didn't play well. I'm going to read you Aaron Rodgers' line, and you're going to go, ugh. Like, that's not what you're expecting. But he was still effective enough. Aaron Rodgers was 16 of 33. So he missed more than 50% of his passes. 16 of 33, 
203 yards, one touchdown, a passer rating of 78.2. You know what the Packers did do? They averaged four yards a run. And when Aaron Rodgers had a chance to make a big play with his legs, he did it for 17 yards. But you kept that guy. That I guess we should give the Bears defense credit. You kept that guy to 200 yards passing and made it so that he didn't complete more than 50% of his passes. And yet you still lost. Why? Because Aaron Jones was able to, to knock off a 21-yard touchdown run where no one seemed in a position to be able to tackle. Why? Because Devontae Adams was able to get loose in your backfield. None of the other guys really hurt you. There was that big play by uh, a Kumro, but other the rest of these guys didn't even really hurt you. Adams had 103 yards passing. And it's so funny because my buddy Jim Ozarski, he had said, you know, the way you beat the Packers now is you make Aaron Rodgers beat you because they don't have great depth at wide receiver. And you saw Valdez Scanlon miss a, a ball that was right on his hands. That would have been seven. And the Bears weren't able to take advantage of it. And you weren't able to take advantage of it because you only scored 13 points. As impressed as I was with some of the things that I saw Mitch do, him hitting hot reads, changing protections, changing plays, throwing ropes. He also threw a bunch of ducks in the game. Like balls where you're like, that had to be tipped, right? And it wasn't tipped. And I just realized that 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 bar that I have set for quarterbacking at this level keeps getting lowered and lowered and lowered. But your defense didn't do enough. And that's kind of become like a thing where the Bears defense statistically, you can be like, oh, they did all right. They didn't turn Aaron Rodgers over, but they did all right in the game. They only gave up 21. Shouldn't your offense score more than that? Yes, your offense should be more competitive than that. But for some reason, it's not. And and at the end of this, we always end up talking about the defense. Well, the poor, forlorn defense. Make a play. When Nick Kwiatkowski has an opportunity to make that catch on the interception, make the interception. You want to know the difference between last year's defense and this year's defense? Takeaways. That's why you have to continue to preach it And it's not something that you can just count on. They're just not going to be there all the time. The defense, the defensive line and the edge rushers, they have to consistently put pressure on quarterbacks so the quarterbacks throw off time. And when they throw off time, then the the DBs can can feast on that. And I think that part of the reason that we see Prince of Mukamara get beat on double moves a lot is because last year. Quarterbacks didn't have time for the double move to happen. They were throwing. The ball was coming out, and he was like, I'm getting downhill, and I'm going to make a play. Same thing with Eddie Jackson. He knew when the quarterback patted the ball, come downhill, I'm going to make a play. That's not the case anymore. And without the defense doing heroic stuff, they've been good. Your your team overall can't win because your offense can't score. I really, truly hope that Matt Nagy is 
as genuine as people say he is, is as smart as people say he is, is as honest as people say he is. Because he needs to look long and hard in the mirror about what's wrong with his offense. And he needs to figure out if he's one of the problems of his offense. And be fair. Be fair to Mitch. Be fair to the rest of the guys in your offense. Because you can't be the guy that was brought in here to fix the Bears' offense. And just look at what the Bears' offense has done since week 11 of 2018. It has been disjointed. It has been up and down. There's not a lot of things that you can hold your hat on. They still haven't truly developed a run game. If the goal was to bring in a head coach that was going to create an offense, honestly, can you sit there as a Bears fan and say mission accomplished? Over two years. You can take all of 2018 into consideration in this question. But can you truly say mission accomplished? You can't. Because it's been far from that. We'll discuss more throughout the week. There's a lot more here to talk about, and I promise I'll give it a second look and and see if my notes were correct or if I had lowered my expectations on the quarterback. I appreciate you listening. I hope you know that even though the Bears are out of the playoffs, I promise that our coverage is not going to be worse. We're going to be on top of this thing from here until – we get to draft season. Are we already at draft season? Damn it. I don't want to be at draft season. Too late. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon.